This is Pastor Ryan Clark from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. You are listening to the audio of the current sermon series, Thy Kingdom Come. Thanks for joining us. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Looks like a pretty young guy up there, doesn't it? You know why? It was 25 years ago. 25 years ago, in 1998, I graduated from Concordia St. Paul just down the road, and I had big plans for the next few weeks and months. You see, in just a couple of weeks, I was going to marry this beautiful woman up here. I was very excited about our wedding, and then the two of us were going to be moving down to St. Louis to begin our seminary training to become a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So many plans. But they were almost upset. They were almost put in great jeopardy because of one little thing. Back up about six months, I was in the registrar's office and I was registering for the classes for my last semester at Concordia St. Paul, and I had already worked it all out, all the theology courses that I was going to be taking, and the Greek and the Hebrew and all of those classes that I knew would help me as I began my seminary training. But as they were looking through all the classes that I had taken, all of a sudden, the lady there said this to me, oh, one thing you lack. And I said, what's that? She said, well, because you transferred in before your junior year to Concordia St. Paul, you never got the chance to take this little two-credit freshman-level course. It was a physical education classroom class. And I said, oh, no, I've already got 19 credits. I can't take any more. But as much as I argued, she wouldn't take no for an answer. And so I had to add that little two-credit course. Now imagine, I'm the only fourth-year student in there. Everybody else is freshmen. And I thought to myself, with all these other classes, I'm just going to do just enough to get through this class and then move on with all the plans that I have for this summer and for this new year. Well, at the end of the semester, I get my report card, and it's A-A-B-A-A. F. My professor evidently was not too amused that I was giving just enough to try to pass. And so he failed me. I thought, oh no. So I went into his office one day and I said, I've got all of these plants and they're all in jeopardy because of this little two credit freshman class. What can I do to pass your class? And he said, well, I shouldn't do this, but if you will write this 10-page paper about this particular topic, I'll think about passing you. And so for the next several days, I studied this topic, and I wrote this 10-page paper, and I handed it in to him. He read it, A-A-B-A-A-D minus. I passed by the skin of my teeth. But all of that was put in jeopardy because of one thing that I lacked. 
Well, as we're continuing our sermon series here today, Thy Kingdom Come, learning to live under Jesus Christ the King and His kingdom, Jesus is going to come into contact with a rich young man who also was lacking one thing that threatened to jeopardize it all. In Matthew chapter 19, it says, Just then a man came to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what, must, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, what's the key word there? The key word is this. What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, we as Lutherans, especially on this Reformation Sunday, we understand it's not about what we do, right? It's rather what God does. But here was this rich young man, and he was saying, what good thing must I do? Well, Jesus says, what must you do? Well, if you want to do it, if you want to enter life, if you want to get into the kingdom of God, keep the commandments. Which ones? The man asked. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, if you want to get into the kingdom of heaven on your efforts, then you must perfectly keep the commandments. And he started speaking of those 10 commandments and the commandments of the old covenant. The Bible says that there's two ways to enter into God's kingdom. There's the, king, there's the way that you do it, and then there's the way that God does it. If you choose door number one, you doing it, then how can you get into God's kingdom? You have to perfectly keep every one of God's commandments all the time. That's how you can get in, Jesus is saying. But you better not mess up even once. Why? Because it says in James 2, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. Now, I admittedly so was not applying myself with that two-credit phys ed course. But let's say that you're really applying yourself to life to get into the kingdom of God. And so you say, I'm going to keep all the commandments. And throughout your life, you only mess up one time. A 99% is failure. Only 100% will get you into the kingdom of God if you choose to do it your way. Jesus said at the end of the the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You see, Christianity isn't about being good. Good just won't cut it. It's about being perfect. And none of us are perfect. In Romans chapter 3, it says, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. What is this saying? When you look at God's law, 
And then you do an honest assessment of how you've been doing. All the boasting should stop because you realize I'm not good at this. I'm not even close to being perfect. If it's up to me to get into the kingdom of God, I'm in deep trouble. It should shut our mouths. Jesus shared the law with this rich young man. Did it shut his mouth? Well, no. Unfortunately, this is what he said. All these I have kept, said the man. What do I still lack? He realized there was something still lacking. But he said, I've kept all those things. Had he kept them? Of course not. Of course not. I love this in Mark chapter 10. It also records the same encounter and it adds in a little line in there. Teacher, he declared, all these I've kept since I was a little boy. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved him. I asked my wife yesterday, I said, what do you think that means? What was going through Jesus' mind and heart when he looked at this young man who said, I've kept all the commandments? Well, my wife and my in-laws are, are from Texas. And down in Texas, they have a saying, well, bless your heart. And it's really a kind and loving answer, but behind it is also this, you really don't get it, right? And I wonder if those words were going through Jesus' heart, well, bless your heart. Because Jesus made it clear in the Sermon on the Mount that it's not just about keeping things outwardly. You see, in 1 Samuel 16, it says, the Lord does not look at the things people looks at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord is always looking at the heart. And so we can keep a bunch of rules on the outside, but the Lord is looking beyond those things deep down inside of us. He's got x-ray vision, so to speak, looking down inside of us to see where is our heart at. And so he said things in Matthew 5 like this, You've heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. And I'm sure that young man would say, well, I've never murdered anyone. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Is your anger overtaking you, your rage? Are you not forgiving your brother or sister in your heart? then God looks at that in as the same way as if you were actually murdering someone. And then he says, you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. I'm sure the young man said, well, I've never done that. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart because the Lord is looking beyond the outside to what's going on in the heart. And when you see that, you realize that even if you're doing a pretty good job keeping the rules on the outside, on the inside, all of us fail miserably. So Jesus looked at him and loved him.
Bless your heart. One thing you lack, here it is. What did he lack? Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad. Why? Because he had great wealth. What was Jesus doing here? What was he doing to this man by saying, okay, one thing you lack, go sell everything and then come follow me. Jesus was exposing to the young man his heart. He was exposing to this man that he loved, that his heart was not fully with him. Why? Because when Jesus said, give up this, give up your riches and come follow me, he couldn't do it. He was unwilling to do it because of all the riches that he had. And what that exposed was that his whole heart wasn't with Jesus. And so what did he do? He went away sad. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you consider your treasure all of your stuff, if you think that that's where you get all of your happiness, joy, and contentment in life, then that is where your heart is going to be. On the flip side, if you know that where you get your happiness, joy, and contentment comes from Jesus alone, then that's where your heart is going to be. And this rich young man, his heart was with his money. This is why it says in Luke 6, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. If God calls you to let go of something, it's a lot harder to do it if you've got a lot of it. And what is God looking for out of you and me? He's looking for people that are just sold out to him. God, whatever you want to do, I'm yours. If you don't have anything, it's easy to let go of it. If you've got a lot of it, it's hard to let go of it. Here's our very important point for today, and it's this. God is not calling you to follow a bunch of do's and don'ts. That's not what the Bible's all about. He wants your heart because he knows that if he has your whole heart, you'll be willing to let go of everything for him. If he's got your heart, you're willing to do anything for him. And this rich young man, he didn't have his heart. And so what did he do? He walked away sad. Jesus continues, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. You know, we see that word rich up there and we think, yeah, well, I can understand that. The Bill Gates of this world, 
the Steve Jobs of this world, yeah, it would be really hard for them to give up everything. But I know I've shared this before, but I read this a couple of years ago, that if you've got three square meals on your table each day, if you've got a change of clothes and a good pair of shoes, then you are richer than 95% of the people that have ever lived on this planet. When Jesus is talking about rich people and how hard it is to get into the kingdom of God, he's talking about us, not just the Bill Gates of this world. He's talking about you and me because he knows how hard it is to let go of our stuff when Jesus says, come and follow me. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, well, then who can be saved? And maybe we say that same thing. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. It's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. God can do what you and I can't. That's what Reformation is all about. That's what we're celebrating here on Reformation Sunday. The gospel, that what you and I couldn't do, God can do through his son, Jesus Christ. What does that look like? Jesus kept the commandments perfectly for 33 years here on this earth in our place and then died for all of our sins so that you and I could be forgiven. By the Holy Spirit, God can bring us to faith in what Jesus has done and then give us a fresh start in life. And by that same Holy Spirit, he can bring us to the point of giving him our hearts and then living the rest of our lives for him. That's something that I can't do. I can't have my sins washed away. I can't live a perfect life. I can't get filled with the Holy Spirit on my own efforts. I can't get a brand new fresh start. I can't change my heart from the inside out so that it's willing to let go and let Jesus take the rest of my life. But what you and I can't do, God can. And that leads us to our second way to enter the kingdom of God. Either it's on me, and if it's on me, I got to keep every one of God's commandments perfectly all the time, or it's on God. And now I simply just put my trust in Jesus who kept God's commandments perfectly for me. That second way is a whole lot better, isn't it? And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. What God can do for you. I'm a picture guy. And so what God starts out with, whether you and I recognize it or not, is it's a blackened heart. It's a heart that isn't his at all. Just like this rich young man, he had to expose his heart. He exposes our hearts as well to show us that our hearts are not with him. And what does he do? He comes in. He washes it clean through baptism. He plants within us his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit brings us to faith in Jesus Christ, changes our eternal destination, 
and begins to change our hearts so that we begin to trust God enough that we give him our heart and we say, Lord, you have won my heart with what you've done and the rest of my life, it's yours. Whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to give up, I'm all yours. Only God can do that in the heart. One last thing. This looks like such a sad story, doesn't it? About this rich young man walking away sad because he was unwilling to let go of all of his riches to follow Jesus. Whatever happened to that young man? Well, back to Mark chapter 10 again. Remember that, that little line in verse 21 that was added in? It's only in the book of Mark. Jesus looked at him and loved him. How would the author know this? Church history says that this rich young man was the author of the second gospel, John Mark. This gospel is the gospel of Mark. And he was probably that young man. He walked away sad that day. But just a few chapters later, we see a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. Church history also says that that was probably John Mark. And so just a little while later, he had come back to Jesus and was following him. And then we get to the book of Acts chapter 12, when Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. So the greatest missionary team that this world has ever seen, they took along this young, rich young man to work with them to share the gospel throughout the world. What you and I can't do in changing our hearts, in getting into the kingdom of God, God can do. Hallelujah. Amen. You've been listening to a sermon from St. John's Lutheran Church in Buffalo, Minnesota. If you would like more information about St. John's and any of our ministries to our community and beyond, you can go to our website, www.stjohnsbuffalo.org. Thank you and God bless you.